0: Hi, I'm Paul Stringfellow, and welcome to Tech Interviews. This week, we focus on how to keep your data incognito as we look at the world of anonymization. So, settle back and enjoy the show. Uh, Welcome to this week's Tech Interviews, uh, another in the series looking at kind of modern data security challenges. Uh, And this week, we're going to take a look at um, anonymization, uh, an important part of uh, current compliance regulations and, and forthcoming compliance regulations, uh, but not necessarily uh, as straightforward as a topic I think as, as many people might imagine. Uh, so to help me uh, explore that is um, somebody I met a few months back at um, uh, a security expo down in London. Um, Harry Kane. Hi,
1: Harry. How are you? Hi, Paul. I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. No, you're welcome. And uh, and of course not to be confused with Harry Kane, uh, which I assume you get quite often. <laughs> All the time, yeah. The yeah, time. You, you've not been banging hat tricks in for Tottenham this week.
1: <laughs> unfortunately not, no, I probably wouldn't have to start a data security business if I was, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> um, well, you know, but So, well, but before we leap into this, and, and Harry presented a really interesting uh, presentation on, on this topic, and uh, something that really got me thinking about how we view anonymization and, and what it actually means and, and maybe some of the challenges that we see with our current view of, of how this works. Um, why don't you, uh, for the audience, Harry, introduce yourself a little bit and, and tell us a little bit about, uh, a lot about your company as well and, and what it is you guys do.
1: Yeah, sure, so um, uh, we're a really sta- early stage uh, startup. Um, we uh, effectively we're trying to automate the process of data anonymization. So that's helping businesses share their data securely. Um, Another thing is we, we're, we're trying to automate the process because it's actually quite a difficult thing to do well, as um, I'm sure we'll touch on in a bit more detail. Um, but but in the process of doing that, if we, if we can anonymize data, then um, it it'll help make businesses compliant with the GDPR that's coming up, and ultimately protect their reputation if that data gets leaked or uh, either maliciously or or by mistake. So, it's uh, it's about protecting data by actually focusing on the data asset itself, rather than sort of traditional cybersecurity uh, methods, which are more around uh, stopping hackers or protecting your systems in a way. So we, we actually focus on, on the data it, itself. Um, so as a business, we, I mentioned we're very early stage, we have just raised a, a seed round of investment. So we now have a, about a year's worth of runway where we're going to deliver on the product. Uh, and actually start working through our first customer uh, beta trials, and then hopefully in the new year we'll we'll, we'll have a launchable product that people uh, will be able to use.
0: So, yeah, uh, so you know, and and that's um, you know I, I think this is where this area is quite interesting because obviously you've mentioned you know you you you're kind of a new technology that you're developing you you're a relatively young company um but the the, the challenges of anonymization certainly aren't new but it, it, you know it's important i think that we have a kind of a fresh look at some of this stuff and i thought it was interesting what you said before about that the way that you're focusing on this is to focus on the data. And I know that's a conversation that we have all of the time, that actually the data asset is the important bit in this. You know, we we have to work down the idea that we assume that we're breached. We assume that data may well leak out of an organization, uh, uh, however hard we try for it not to do so. And even if it does, it's important then that we can ensure. and, And part of you, you touched on GDPR, and obviously part of GDPR is the ability that if we lose that data, that if we can prove to our regulatory authority that that data is unintelligible, um, then that that reduces some of the burden in terms of who we have to inform that that we've lost uh, that, that we've lost some of those data assets. So, so I think it's an interesting slant, and certainly interesting that we look at protecting the data regardless of where it is. Um, but we'll, we can kind of come back to some of those things. So, so maybe a good starting point though is 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 you know your view on what we mean when we talk about anonymisation. Uh, easy for me to say, but but what it is we mean, what it is, and, and maybe what it isn't as well.
1: Sure. So um, ultimately, when we're, when we're trying to anonymize data, we're uh, trying to reduce the likelihoods of individuals within that data set being re-identified. Uh, and so what that means is uh, the data set itself, if uh, it was to fall into the hands of an attacker or someone who wasn't meant to have it, they couldn't look at that data set and... Um, associate sensitive information that could be financial details it could be health records it could be a whole raft of sensitive information with their actual personal information so that would mean uh, identifying sensitive records with a a kind of an an individual so uh, effectively you can't infer something about a specific person within that data set Uh, and that's you know it's important to kind of realize though that there's Uh, there's no such thing really as as truly anonymized data. Um, So if you want to maintain some sort of utility within a data set, uh, for example, if you're using it for some sort of analysis and you're trying to gain some sort of insight into it, then it's likely that you have to have some sort of personal information attached uh, to the sort of data you're doing that analysis on. So really what we're talking about when we talk about anonymization is uh, balancing a a sort of trade-off between utility and and privacy within a data set. So dependent on the kind of uh, environment the data sets going into, that could be kind of who's using it, what they're using it for, where it's being published, and that all those sort of things dictates the kind of level of privacy you want to uh, achieve. and, and that will therefore kind of dictate how much utility you can kind of allow within within the data set and i think fundamentally when we you know when we talk about anonymization we, is we're talking about um the sort of sort of best efforts to to, to make make data private so uh, the thing is what we found really is as, as we sort of built the business is that actually it's almost a sort of wild west out there in terms of the way current businesses are handling their data you know happily sharing um, an entire raw database with uh, external software developers it's little instances like that where you kind of think well hmm, actually those external software developers probably don't really need the raw database they could almost be working from a a, a dummy version, you know a representative database so it could actually have z- exactly zero information that's representative of individual customers within that database but you know all the all the kind of values have been replaced or swapped out for for valid holders. so those software developers could still do their work um on a on a database that, that is representative but it doesn't actually contain any personal information so um we were talking about considering exactly what the, the data is going to be useful as well as the sort of process of transforming the data into a safer safer state if that makes sense
0: yeah it does and and actually I think that's quite interesting in a an already an interesting case study isn't it that the idea that you can continue to extract value and and get usage from your data but without at the same time um, so is that at the same time presenting a potential potential security threat or a data breach threat yeah so I think that idea of you know giving data to a set of developers that is still a useful data set to them but not something that they can exploit or breach or lose that then puts you you as an organization in a in a difficult position uh, I, I think's got you know really loads of value to it um, you know, and you've, well, obviously there you've, you've kind of touched on the idea of why um, the ability to anonymize data can be important. Um, but some, some of the things that I, I know when we first met, some of the things that you kind of touched on that I thought was was, was quite interesting was why, why c- current ways that we anonymise data, or maybe the way that we think we're anonymizing data, often means that we aren't you know so so you, you can can you explore that a little bit more you know why why sometimes why we think that we've anonymized a data set actually means that in reality that that we haven't really
1: yeah absolutely so i think um you know a, a kind of before I sort of started getting interested in this field, I would have sort of thought, well, if I get a data set and uh, strip out all the names and all the addresses and perhaps just leave the kind of sensitive information, i.e. A, a, a record of browsing history, if that's what you you're the data set you're working on, then perhaps, you know, individuals wouldn't be able to be re-identified from that. But actually, the problem is that often the sensitive information itself can infer something about an individual or can be identified. So um that, that's one there's one really specific example there actually with browsing history. Um so there's actually one story where a that just happened a couple of weeks ago actually where a guardian reporter bought a data set from a German ISP and uh, in exactly that situation I described, the, the German internet service provider had stripped out all the names, all of all the possible personal identifiers, and just delivered the uh, Guardian report of this data set of browsing history. Now, uh, the problem is, obviously a load of URLs have individuals' names in, and there's there's other sort of quirks where if you're searching for a name in Google and it's not a famous person, then it's quite likely to be your own name. So there's there's lots of different ways that actually this, this these reporter this reporter and her team actually kind of managed to identify individuals from their searches effectively, um, and so by doing that, they actually associated a German judge with his porn preferences. So you know there's plenty of uh, you know. Instances where where just that sort of basic uh, uh, basic stripping out of data just simply isn't really enough, um, and it, it, and there's 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 tons of academic research as well. So uh, even just if you if you do do some slightly more advanced uh, anonymization processes like aggregating data into uh, groups, or so for example, if you had. Um, uh, ages within a data set and instead of the actual raw age to 25 you kind of back grouped all the data set data points into groups such as 20 to 30 for example but um the actual distribution of sensitive values within those like kind of subclasses of data can, uh, can, can infer things about that particular class. And then, of course, if you know um, someone is in within that data set, then you can start inferring things about them with different probabilities. And it gets all very kind of complex, but it, it does show that you can kind of infer things about individuals. And that's actually just kind of looking at the data set itself. If you start incorporating the whole kind of world of, of publicly available data, we're talking about, Voting records and all all that sort of election um election voter registration records and that 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 sort of thing then you then you really start to see the kind of scale of the problem because if you start cross re- referencing ancillary data sets with your data set it, it there therefore adds an additional kind of complexity to to understanding actually how private that that data sets really is um, i think Interestingly, if you if you you know taking all that into account, the it, the current kind of methods of of doing this are all kind of really manual as well. So, um, you know, it, businesses may if they if they do have this requirement to do an anonymization, they they will often have a small team of people kind of running um, manual queries on databases to kind of reorganise a data set, and, and the whole process takes a long time basically, and and it kind of can be quite costly. So you know what we're what we're hoping is that, that our tech and and our our solution effectively can can help to automate that process by speeding it up and 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 kind of kind of aggregating all of that important insight that I was kind of talking about there about ancillary data sets the world of, of data and and this this kind of different uh, statistical probabilities of of working out and inferring stuff about individuals into one into one kind of location that, that kind of non-experts can help, to ta- can use to help them tackle this, tackle this problem really. Um, uh, so, so yeah, I mean, that's, uh, there are some, some sort of other uh, software options out there for, for businesses looking to do this, but uh, often they are very expensive and, and quite inaccessible. So we're, we're effectively trying to change that uh, by making, a, making, our, making our products kind usable for, for, for lots of different users. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that because
0: I, I think again, that's a very interesting point and I, and I think it tends to be a constant theme of um, of the conversations that we have both on this show and, and, and in general, which is around uh, you know trying to simplify some of these really complex IT and, and business problems. You know? and, and I think e- even from those examples you've given there, that actually anonymizing data is a lot more difficult than i than think people appreciate you know and i'm with you i think the idea you know and i've certainly thought that the idea that if i was to send you a data set and i stripped out somebody's name and just had a web history i might easily assume that that's um, anonymized that data but as you say you, the the and part of the uh, you know you touched on GDPR really on part of that regulation talks about the idea of this this, this ability of linkage you know of, of being able to build a profile of a data subject based on linking bits of information together um, but it's not just about the regulation either is it I suppose that the, the problem um, the problem has commercial impact as well you know that, that kind of intellectual property that kind of thing you know is, is that is that something that you see uh, equally that businesses are grasping that the idea I suppose you touched on that example before of passing a database to a team of developers you know do you see people are looking at anonymization from that perspective as well and not just from the idea of oh, i've got some regulation that i might need to comply with
1: yeah absolutely i think um you know we we live in a world where um us as as kind of consumers and uh, we know we're generating a huge amount of data and actually you know the world's kind of waking up to that fact so there's there is the pressure of of regulation, but really the the regulation is kind of being written in reaction to public opinion, and and often it's the actual you know the regulation is one thing, but businesses have their reputation to uphold as well, and you know if 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 um, if a business is is found to have, have lost a, a bunch of sensitive data, it can be really really damaging. I mean, you only have to look at kind of AOL and uh, these other businesses that have have had you know lost huge amounts of customers after their data breaches through poor effectively poor anonymization and uh, yeah so that that that's definitely a driving factor i think that we that we're seeing as well this kind of under this this growing understanding of um, that consumers have of, of of managing their own data and, and what data they're putting into the world and, and and actually worrying a bit more about how it's being protected
0: yeah and uh, uh, and again I think it, it, as you described this the kind of the the complexity of the problem I mean is that is that part of the challenge at the moment for you know with kind of traditional methods of of doing this kind of data anonymization this this kind of masking of of sensitive information be that intellectual property or you know sensitive uh, individual information about individuals Uh, do, do you find that the complexity of trying to do that right now is either meaning that businesses are thinking they're anonymizing data and actually they're doing quite a poor job of it or actually they're just not bothering at all because it it's too tricky.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a combination of both effectively. You know, there's um, we, we've seen tons of examples where you know software development agencies are sharing their raw data set with um with uh, remote developers out in in asia or or you know effectively across borders which which really if if you or i kind of knew that that was happening to our data we'd probably be a bit worried about it um but also yeah it, it, partly because it, it probably it, it's an extra kind of step in the process of um preparing a data set and getting and getting work done effectively that isn't really caught cool a lot of businesses kind of uh uh, missions. so you know if you're if you're a software development agency you don't want to be adding a couple of days onto each project by uh, by having to kind of run through a big manual anonymization process you you'd much rather just quickly whip it whip, whip through it quickly if if we if you did have a bit of software to do it or or kind of um or not do it at all so really that's the that's the kind of decision that businesses are facing that you know it's a it's a competitive world out there and if they're they're shown to be Kind of lagging or you know if they're, if, it's, if it's more difficult for them to get their job job done and cost more to do it they they 're going to be less competitive so these sort of these are the sort of processes that do get cut out but will have increasing importance moving forward with new regulation and as I sort of already mentioned with the growing understanding of consumers nowadays that their, their data is is really precious so um, yeah that businesses are are avoiding it, but you know i think we're we're, we're getting a general feeling that actually it is important and um data centric businesses are are kind of getting more and more worried about it so yeah it will be something i think we see we see more of in the future
0: yeah and i think that point is so important isn't it that the idea that if we put in place so so a business can indeed you know put in place some kind of methodology that says uh, we're gonna you know we're going to anonymize our data before we share it with a developer in another country but if you make the process so difficult and so uh, you, know, you know so long-winded that actually what people are going to do because people ultimately not you know people ultimately when when there's been a data breach it can often be caused by somebody just trying to do their job just trying to be efficient and they're not you know they're not trying to leak company secrets out out of the front door they're actually what they're trying to do is just get their job done and they're thinking well that anonymization thing that's going to take me forever I'm sure if I just send this data over to Fred in Belgium, then he's he's going to be able to just get on with it, and I'm sure it'll all be fine. Um, and that that tends to be tends to be what happens if we put something that's so complex in place that people are just going to try and navigate around that. Um, and I guess that's what you're, you're you guys are, are non AI are trying to uh, trying to resolve. You know, so so how are you approaching this problem differently? Because I think you know the idea that we're going to need to uh, obscure ob- this data, make it more difficult for you know make Make it, you know, unintelligible to pinch that GDPR phrase again. But make it unintelligible for people if they come across this data when they shouldn't. Uh, How are you guys approaching this this problem differently? You know, what 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 are the trends that you're seeing uh, in the data security market that that might make this a process that's more accessible and more straightforward?
1: Sure. So I think you know our background before we started working on this problem was working in a in a a small medium sized business, and uh, you know we were kind of dealing with trying to you know manually obfuscate the I, I mean we're going through the whole process we've already just discussed where actually oh damn it, it is a bit difficult to to kind of carry out this masking process maybe i'll just avoid it this time or perhaps you know perhaps it doesn't matter in this case to do it or or if we did kind of implement a sort of a sort of hard coded anonymization routine, for example, scanning web requests as they were going out to make sure they didn 't contain passwords or something as simple as that, then quite often, if there was a an update to the data structure or the kind of web web page changed you know our hard coded scripts would fall over so it's, it's this additional problem of 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 trying to make a process that's that's automatic and so really that 's how we Approached the, this this problem, we wanted to make it as automatic as possible. So, by using by using a bit of uh, natural language processing, we we can kind of use that um, use these algorithms that we've we've kind of trained to to, to do the, the actual step of identifying personal information within a data set automatically. So that that cuts out a huge amount of work for an individual individual who perhaps hasn't seen a data set before to go into it to understand. Um, what is and what isn't personal information and then the second stage is obviously doing the actual anonymization routine so as we've discussed it is a difficult to get right so um, and you can't expect small and medium-sized businesses to have this kind of expertise with it within house because it's just miles off their their kind of mission as a business it's an expensive kind of skill to, to have and very niche so there's there's no way they'll, they'll, they'll really want to kind of import those skills in-house so by yeah by by automating the process as much as possible and and kind of incorporating these expertise within the system it, it means that it kind of makes anonymization accessible to to small to small businesses and and, and indeed bigger businesses that, that want to make this process more efficient as well.
0: Yeah, and I think that, that piece actually about larger businesses uh, sh- shouldn't be forgotten. You know, I think it's it's easy that we can look at um, maybe a lack of skill or lack of resource within a, a smaller I- IT enterprise or, or, or the IT department of a smaller enterprise. But I think you know this this kind of stuff. I think for a lot of big businesses, is a real challenge. You know, we see this all the time that, that data security is is placing a workload on already overstretched IT resources. Uh, you know, and, and often the conversation we'll hear is that um, yeah, that's that's all great. who's going to look after it who's going to make sure that i can deliver that you know who's going to make sure that when that light turns red that somebody knows knows what to do with it so so i think anything that like like with most it most technology you know as we become these much more data-driven digitally focused businesses that anything that can simplify lots of these processes for us is is going to be really crucial in your in your future it strategy um so, so for anybody who's listening to this though harry and is thinking um well a couple of things actually if they're thinking well, do I really need to anonymize my data? You know, have you got some examples of, of reasons that absolutely people want to be doing that? You know, maybe not just regulatory reasons, but, but reasons in general as a business that, that, you, that the kind of things that you might be doing that might be worth you considering looking at some kind of anonymization technology. And then if yeah. they are going to do that, um, what are maybe, you know, if there's a couple of tips that you could give people before they, um, obviously, apart from contact you and talk about what a non-AI do, um, but you know, what, what are some of the other kind of things that maybe they could be considering in terms of starting to build a strategy around this kind of thing?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, there's um, there's some really good resources out there. So uh, for, for anonymization specifically, there is a, a UK-based Group of academics called uh, UCAN, the UK Anonymization network. That's uh and uh, the acronym is UKAN. If you give that a Google, they'll they'll pop up, and and they're effectively been set up, uh in in conjunction with, or the ICO has, has set them up to to kind of basically inform UK businesses exactly what is uh anonymization and kind of talk them through a lot of the process and, and indeed they've actually given us some advice as well um so uh, if you did do want to look at more into the into the process and 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 how you can apply it in your business you, you can as a great resource so in terms of relating to the gdpr there is of course the the ico and um they actually they've released a, a good sort kind of uh, well a uh, very in depth actually i think it's about 50 50 pages worth of of advice around how to implement uh, anonymization in your organization and how they're effectively viewing v- viewing anonymization as a tool to become compliant with with data regulations but um, yeah i think more generally you know if you're if you're looking just for a sensible data strategy which can kind of give you peace of mind i think you know if you're ensuring that people only see the uh the data that they need to see so your software developers only see kind of representative databases if your data scientists only see um, you know the the level or the, the granularity of data that they need um then then it's you know it's a very positive step for your for your business effectively because you can kind of take back control of just uh, steal just uh, steal um a breath uh, some brexit terminology there take back control of um of your data effectively so you, you know you really do have fine control well with our product anyway you have fine control of, of who has access to kind of what aspects of the data um so of course yeah if you if you are if you are interested uh you can reach us through our website we're anon.ai and there's a, a good a, an email good email to get us on is info at anon.ai um, or if you want to get a hold of me directly, I'm I'm Harry at uh, anon anon.ai. So um, yeah, plenty plenty of ways to get get in touch, and I'm I'm, I'm absolutely more than happy to talk through anonymization uh, or perhaps how our solution could help uh, a- anyone in in a position looking to implement it.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, and that's great. I mean, I like think that, that's some really useful background, and actually just on something you say in there as well. Before I think that idea of just giving people access to the data that they need to see uh, and that being part of you know that th- I mean I, I've spoken to lots of people about uh, GDPR and, and what that means in terms of um, uh, what you might want to do with your data at a technology level you know I'm I'm not a lawyer uh, you know, let, let's throw that in now I'm not a lawyer I'm not not explaining to people how they should deal with it as a legal and compliance issue but actually from a data point of view I think there's loads and loads of really good practice within what they're trying to enforce in that regulation to say these are much better ways that you should be managing your data and I think that's another great example of that you know regulation aside start to have a strategy that says only allow people to see the data that they need to see to be effective in their, you know, in their role, and and, and get getting, actually allowing them to get proper value out of that data. Because actually, even if you do, you know, even from a commercial point of view, from a, a, a you know effectiveness point of view, if you present somebody with a ton of data of which ninety percent is of absolutely no use to them whatsoever, they're going to spend tons of time stuck in that ninety percent, realizing it's of no use. If we can narrow that down and say there's a ten percent that you need to see that's important for you to effectively get more value from that data you know that that's that's got to be a good thing hasn't it
1: yeah absolutely I think and you know it's interesting we've seen some cases where um, businesses have perhaps stopped a project or or shelved a project just because simply the the complexity of around sharing the data around the business was kind of just too too difficult so um you know it was going to cause too many, too much too many risks and, and too much problems so um you know it, it, it this anonymization could be a tool to kind of what we're saying is it could effectively, you know, help to unlock innovation in that sense as well. So projects that may have seemed too difficult to kind of undertake in the past, purely because maybe it involved too many people from too many different countries with access to a a kind of a particular risky data set, then then perhaps those sort of projects could can be can be ta- undertaken and and you know you can extract value from that data that you that you didn't really think you could originally.
0: Well, I, I, mean, I think that's a great place to end, actually, and that, that idea that you know th- this kind of, and I'm with you 100%, this idea that this kind of Im- better look at how we manage our data, how we secure it, how we be compliant with its usage, you know should all be looked at as an opportunity to manage and look after our data better so that actually we can innovate with it we can get more value from it and, and i think that's everything you've talked about there is, are great examples of, of how we do that and well look, to wrap up i know you, you, you plugged it earlier on but um maybe maybe <laughs> just in summary um you know the the you want to plug the uh, the website again how people can find out a little bit more about what you guys are doing and and if people want to maybe stalk some of your information on social media can can we do that as well
1: yeah absolutely so the yeah the website uh, again is anon.ai, uh, info at anon.ai, anon.ai, which is a good good line to get us on and then so we we we're fairly active t- <laughs> tweeters so um, you can get us at uh, uh, at underscore uh, dot underscore AI um, and uh, yeah we'll be there happy to answer any questions.
0: Well, I mean, I'm fascinated to see how you guys continue to develop in the the solutions you're doing. I think what you're doing is really interesting. Uh, But also, you know, how people adopting this kind of technology you know to, to see how that kind of trend continues to develop because I think as you know as, as we probably uh, enrage in agreement here that actually this kind of stuff is going to be important to how we better manage and look after our data and how we how, how we can do more with it so that we can uh, you know we can be continue this kind of transformation to these more digitally and data focused focused organizations um, but Harry that, that's really good stuff uh, so you know I'm, I'm really interested to see how you guys continue to develop and uh, um, look forward to speaking to you again in the uh, not-too-distant future. So thanks for your time, Harry.
1: Great. Thank you very much,
0: Paul. It's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that episode. For show notes, visit techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous Tech Interviews episodes. Next time, we continue our focus on modern IT security techniques as we take a look at blockchain with my guest, Ian Moore. So if you enjoy the show and want to catch that one, why not subscribe and leave us a review? You can find us in all the usual places on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, as well as all other good homes of podcasts. So until next time, thanks for listening.